Welcome to Wheel of Crime Podcast, Mini Spin Number Three. Your true crime updates plus serial killer poetry and writing. Let's jump right in. 31 year old California woman named Amanda Custer vanished on the morning of July 29th, 2019. That day, her boyfriend, Robert Kamau, I think that's how you pronounce it, Kamau, C A M O U, so Kamu, Kamau. I'm going to say Kamau. Uh, he was scheduled in court later that day on a bail violation to prior assault and domestic violence charges against Custer. Later that evening, witnesses took video at a karaoke bar called Eddie, King Eddie Saloon of Kamal rapping about killing and burying his girlfriend. I mean, Jesus, if you're going to do it, don't get up and rap about it in front of everybody. Um, quote, I killed my expletive, my expletive and buried that expletive in the expletive dirt. Fill in the blanks here. It's like Mad Libs. Uh, no one could believe that what the man actually had just said, and they all sat there just stunned, like, what did he just say? The man muttered something about uh, the police and needing to close his mouth. Then he dropped a mic and walked off, walked off stage. <laughs> Soon the police were called and Kamau was arrested less than a mile away from the bar. He had also been charged with one felony count each, a first-degree burglary, injuring a girlfriend, assault by means of force likely to produce great bodily injury, and a separate misdemeanor count of battery. According to the district attorney, uh, the latter charges came from an incident on April 22nd when Kamau was accused of beating Custer, strangling her, and threatening to tase her. Custer had run and uh, run to a neighbor's home, and Kamal is accused of chasing her into the house and then beating the elderly man who was attempting to help her. Later that day, Custer disappeared, and Kamal was out on bail. Uh, police were called to Kamal's house uh, for a reported domestic violence, but officers couldn't find either person, but found evidence of assault at the scene, which included blood. Authorities believe Custer was taken against her will from the scene, and a witness came forward to tell police that they had seen Kamal putting Custer's limp body into the cargo hatch of his Toyota Prius. <laughs> police finally found the vehicle with Kamal lying in the back seat for hours after singing his little song in the bar and ended up using tear gas to get him out of the vehicle when he refused to exit. Authorities still haven't found Custer's body. Kamal is uh, currently being held without bail on charges of murder and could face the death penalty. An Amber Alert issued on August 31st ended in tragedy for a Gas City, Indiana family this week. Skylia Carmack, age 10, was found dead in, her own, in the shed on her own family's property, stuffed into a trash bag in the early morning hours of Wednesday, September 4th. Her stepmother, Amanda Carmack, 34, was charged with murder, neglect, domestic battery, and strangulation in the death of her stepdaughter. She had reported Skylia as a runaway on August 31st at 9.10 at p.m., but by that time, Skylia was already dead. She had lived at home uh, with her father, Kevin, and her stepmother, Amanda, and Amanda's three children, and the three children belonging to Amanda's brother, so it was a full house. Uh, the other children told police that Amanda was a strict disciplinarian who beat them with a belt and administered other punishments for misbehaviors, they told police. Uh, they also told authorities that if they got into trouble, they had to put their face against the wall and put their hands in the air for hours. 
she confined them to the rooms, only letting them out to eat or use the bathroom. A week before her disappearance, Skylea had been confined to her room. In an interview with police, Amanda denied hitting Skylea or any of the children with a belt, but admitted to striking the girl in the face because she caught her stealing a charm bracelet. One of the girls in the home told police that she'd gone out to ride her bike between 4 and 5, but when she returned after 6, Skylea was no longer in her room. Amanda Carmack failed a polygraph test. On the morning of Wednesday, September 4th, Amanda walked into the police station and confessed. She states that she doesn't remember any of the details of being on top of the, of the girl in the barn, but started choking her with her hands, uh, then tied something around her neck. The police found a pair of multicolored pants knotted around the girl's neck when they finally found her body. Amanda couldn't say exactly why she killed the girl other than she was very angry. Her father was a truck driver, so he wasn't home a whole lot and didn't understand what was happening in his own home. I guess he was an over-the-road trucker. But just, it's, it's sad all around, and we, we, we send our sincerest condolences to the family. And now for Serial Killer Poetry. Today's poem is called, There Will Be No More Laughter Here. You are my love at first sight, and though you're scared to be near me, my words penetrate your thought, now in an intimate prelude. Your face framed in dark curls like a portrait. The sun shone through highlights of red. What color, I wonder, and how straight will it turn plastered back with the sweat of your blood? Your wet lips were a promise of a secret unspoken, nervous laugh as it burst like a pulse of blood from your throat. There will be no more laughter here. This poem was written shortly before the suicide of Israel Keys. Israel Keys is he has admitted to at least 11 murders but we suspect that he was probably more more involved in the killing world than most people even realize if anybody has if you don't know who israel keys is go to the last podcast on the left and listen to listen to their description of it in in all the interviews that he gives he sits there with this hideous laughter just <laughs> <laughs> the way the, the guys from the last podcast on the left describe it is it's so funny to hear it because you'll hear Henry go <laughs> every once in a while and everybody knows exactly what it is. Israel Key's laughter. Let's move on to the next one. This one is not a poem, but this one is a written statement by or it was a it was a letter sent to Mrs. Bud after the murder of her daughter Grace Bud. And uh, the author is Albert Fish. Dear Mrs. Bud, In 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on a streamer, and it said, no, it was a steamer, uh, on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. Uh, they sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At the time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from a dollar to three dollars per pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go in any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you want cut from it. A, girl, a boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body, and sold as veal cutlet brought the highest part. Or brought the highest price, I'm sorry. 
John said, uh, stayed there so long that he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven. He took them to his home, stripped them naked, and tied them in a closet. Then burned everything they had on. Several times a night and day, he would spank them, torture them, to make their meat good and tender. First, he killed the eleven-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass, and of course, the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all of his ass. Boiled, broiled, fried, and stewed. The little boy was next. Went the same way. At the time, I was living at 409 East 100th Street, near right side. He told me so often how good human flesh was that I made up my mind to taste it. On Sunday, June 3, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you a pot of cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not want to if I did not, I would get all her blood on me. When I was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death and cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook it, and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was, roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have, had I wished. She died a virgin. What a good man that he didn't fuck this little girl before he cut her up and ate her. That was a sick motherfucker, too. But that is it for serial killer poetry and writings. All right, guys, that's it for the mini spin this week. It's a short little thing. I've got the other episode ready on deck. So in a couple days, I'll be releasing that one. Just want to make a few tweaks to it, and we'll get started. Thanks, guys, for joining us again. Mini spin number three. See you next time. And don't be a dick. Yeah, I'm gonna